Across the rainbow bridge of Asgard Where the booming heavens roar You'll behold in breathless wonder The God of thunder, mighty Thor Hello again, this is Buck Benny speaking. I'm with my friend Jim and with my other friend Bob the Impaler. And uh, that's the the Impaler. previous episode. Yeah, Bob the Impaler at the beach. Anyway, you get a nickname in, in high school and you just can't lose it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's, uh, well, shoot, that's even from a completely different series that we do, right? That's the in search of one that that comes from when we were doing a. The, the vampire episode or whatever right so anyway glad the impaler says bob the impaler anyway so uh today we're going to be discussing this is the first episode of loki and uh which is a new series that's out well it's halfway through i suppose it's only maybe six episodes long we're three episodes in at this point we're going to talk about the first episode today uh but it's over there on disney plus and uh let's just go around and get general ideas we won't go into this the episode yet, but let's talk about generally how do you feel about the this series so far. Bob's two episodes in. Matt, I mean Jim and I are three episodes in, and uh, and uh, got to continue. Now I'm getting Jim mixed up with Matt in reverse. Usually it's Matt <laughs> that I call Jim, not Jim that I call Matt. But what, you know, whatever. I need to change my name to not Matt. <laughs> exactly. and, and Matt hasn't joined us in probably six weeks. So I need to stop referring to anybody to Matt, but I think he'll be back at some point. So uh, anyway, for this episode, um, what, what, I mean, what do we think generally about the Loki series so far and the way it starts and everything? So Jim, why don't you go first? What do you, what do you think about it? Well, I, I, I kind of like it. I mean, uh, it's it's this is the third Marvel one that we've yep. we've seen on Disney Plus and and so it's it's kind of nice to see these other characters that you know don't really have their their own big movies and and things where they're the the center of attention. So it's it's kind of nice to get some Marvel stories and some background stories that can feed into the the rest of the major movies that you have. Um, so this one, you know, I wasn't sure where they were to go with it. And they've gone in a completely unexpected direction. I wasn't expecting anything like this, so so I'll be. I'm interested to see how it it turns out. Yeah, so am I. And, and uh, to dovetail on that, I'll I'll just say that uh, I love the way each of the three series have been completely different from each other. It's not like, um, boy. We're going to go straight action adventure on each one and each one is kind of similar to each other they're all all over the map uh you can tell nobody had anything to do with it. there wasn't oh here's this one that we created 
and now you, it's probably different people working on all of them as far as script writing and, and all of that goes because they seem totally disconnected from each other, which is great. And yet they connect into the bigger Marvel universe sort of theme. And I think that's great. The other piece I'll, I'll throw out there that I didn't realize how much I would enjoy this, but all three of these, um, I don't know what do you call them, mini, limited series, mini series, whatever you want to call these, uh, feel more like a, like you're reading a comic book, like you have an issue. Issue one is the first episode, right? Issue two and issue three. And the movies have never really felt like comic books. They felt like the characters done in a uh, what in an adventure or whatever, but it was kind of self-contained and everything into one thing. And I love the fact that this feels like, a, like I say, a series of comics, like a, a limited series. And comics have, a lot of people don't realize this because they think of Superman and the fact that it's run for, a, what, you know, 70, 80 years, whatever it is. Um, but they, they've also, back in the 80s, I think, is when they started releasing like a six-issue run of something um, or a five-issue run or a four-issue run of something or other. And so you did have limited series, which are very similar in tone and style and everything to, to these. And so I, I, I love the fact that it harkens to something that ties to comic books so well. Um, Bob, what do, what do you think uh, of so far the two episodes you've seen and, and kind of the feel of, the, of Loki versus the other series? I'm pleasantly surprised because, as you know, I don't really like any of the Thor movies. I, find, I thought they were boring, personally. I'm sure some people will hate me for saying that, but um, so I, I was. So. Uh, <laughs> Damn you! So I was actually pleasantly, in particular, I don't really like the Loki character. Uh, yeah, but I, was, I was pleasantly surprised uh, with yes. it. I liked Owen Wilson. He kind of makes it a little less serious. The one thing that I kind of weirded me out a little was the Infinity Stones in the drawer in episode one and I thought oh it kind of cheapens the other timeline but maybe that'll resolve yeah maybe maybe the yeah it's it was like the whole universe is planned already and the other ones don't really even matter but we'll see how that I'm sure that'll get resolved yeah we shall see uh I think um you know they they're always saying how the each of these series is going to have major implications on the movies right and uh you can see with wandavision how her character kind of changes throughout and certainly vision uh, essentially gets destroyed and and becomes the white vision who I assume might show up in the movies or whatever with captain america obviously it's it's it probably changed the least because it sort of is saying the whole concept of it is um uh, how can uh, a, a black person become Captain America? And, and it's covering that whole arc. Whereas in the film, it was just, you're the new Captain America. And so uh, essentially they're gonna make a film, sounds like, uh, with um, Sam as Cap playing Captain America, the character of Sam being Captain America. And really you wouldn't have had the mini, could, you wouldn't have had to have had the miniseries you could have just had him show up as the new Captain America and had him say, boy, I struggled with this. I don't know if a black man should really be Captain America. And I don't know if this is honoring the Black Lives Matter movement and things, or if this is going against it or what. It, 
he could have had some dialogue that showed inner turmoil, but I think it was more effective to have a mini series covering that inner turmoil. Um, and then this series, like you say, though, it seems like it even has a bigger impact on the whole Marvel universe in that they're showing that this sort of it feels like so far, like time trumps all. It's like, okay, everything else didn't matter because we've shown how powerful this thing is because they've got infinity stones that were the, oh my gosh, they're the binding thing of the universe. They're the most powerful thing in the world. And they've got them shoved in their drawer. Uh, and some people are using them with paperweights, supposedly. So it just, it just gives you a feeling like, oh, that whole thing becomes, was a little nothing because they're they're acting like oh it's all been planned this is the way it was supposed to be like instead of uh, uh dr strange's oh my there's millions and millions of possibilities and there's only one that uh, where we can all get through this and an iron man has to sacrifice himself in that one thing to make this happen whereas on their end it seems like they'd be saying well, no, there's not millions of outcomes. Those are all incorrect outcomes. There's only one that's the correct outcome, and that is the one that happened, making it seem like it's preordained to make that happen. Or they would have forced it to happen if it wasn't going to happen because their job is to go out there and fix the universe or whatever. So I, I just thought it's just an interesting concept, and it'll be interesting to see where it goes and like if it does work itself out, Bob, or if it becomes... I don't know where, where this time is the main thing. Jimmy, looks like you have something to say, uh, but uh, but of course so you're muted, uh, but, but that's okay. Go ahead. I, 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 I think the, the thing with the Infinity Stones, those are probably all from, from variants, right? So they had all these variants that they've been pruning off for, you know, who knows how long. And so they catch him and it's like, oh, oh this, this guy got the, the stone. He wasn't supposed to have it or whatever. So yeah, throw it in the drawer. <laughs> you know, it's like they, they've caught all these variants that you know yeah. doing things and, and so that makes like, total sense it's like where else why else would they get all these stones and why do they have so many of them and things and yeah yeah and they got multiples of the same ones in there too so it's yeah. like it's like you know different variants came came through with them and they just grab them yeah but i think daryl said that if the whole timeline is planned by the tva then who cares about the outcome it's already defined yeah so no there's no chance of I guess something bad could happen that's planned, but that outcome at the end was already going to happen either way. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But of course we saw in episode two that things are branching off. So see where that goes. I yeah. mean, you, you can kind of see where probably this. Uh, excuse me. We're talking about episode one now, Bob. That's a, that's a spoiler. Oh, TVA come in and fix it. <laughs> Bob's been eliminated by the TVA. He's now a variant. Oh, a variant. Yeah, Bob's a variant. See, not yeah, you're not Bob the Impaler. You're Bob the Variant now. <laughs> anyway, Jim, you have something else? Well, no, I mean, so if we're going to talk about the episode, we don't really want to spoil it, I guess. And, and well, we can talk about the well, the first episode we can spoil. We can't spoil the second one because they know they're supposed to have listened, watched the episode before they listen to the okay. podcast. So, yeah, because we, we, we're never going to spoil anything. We're never going to be able to talk about anything. So, no. <laughs> but we, but the concept is we won't spoil episode two. We'll only spoil episode Oops. one. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, I think, you know, from... You know, so he's he's going into the the the, the time bureau, right? So what they yes. call it? yeah, and and so it's 
it's the Time Bureau, you know, and, and they're showing that they're, you know, pruning off these variants where things have happened that weren't supposed to happen and they go out and they fix it and, and, and do that kind of thing. So that there's only, there's no multiverse, you know, and then we have the Doctor Strange movie, the, the multiverse one right. coming up. So this, this, you know, you can kind of see it, that this whole thing is going to probably set up some kind of cataclysmic multiverse thing in the end that will wind up, uh, you know, feeding right into that Doctor Strange movie. So I, I, I think that uh, is where where it's headed. I think. I think so too. And I uh, I was just uh, you guys don't know they Bob and Jim now I'll give you behind the scenes. I just shut off my camera and my mic so I can close my window. Because it's getting hot. Uh, I don't know what the deal is. Is it, is it supposed to be getting hot here this weekend? I'm not not sure. I haven't heard <laughs> yeah, on the right. news or anything. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> this is the weekend. We're in the middle of the heat wave, if you guys didn't know, here in the Northwest. And we're going to have supposedly, a, it, it, this is Saturday as we're recording this. On Monday, we're supposed to have a like close to 110 degree temperatures. Uh, we shall see, which is the hottest I think we've ever had in the state. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, but the time folks uh, know exactly how hot it's supposed to be, and I'm sure they'll get it to the right temperature. Uh, I will. I, I just want to dovetail on what Jim said. I love the fact that this movie, I mean, this movie, this series takes over from right where uh, the end of the uh, of Loki Loki's appearance in uh, Infinity was it? no, no, in in, in Endgame. Uh, where he in game he gets a hold of the the time it's a time well, I don't know whatever he gets a hold of the the tesseract. Stone, hold of yeah the tesseract and he uses it to get out of there and immediately makes a, a according to the to the time folks he, he makes a, becomes a variant at that point and so they have to go deal with him so we we get essentially him leaving the the movie the end game showing up in the desert. Um, reacting to people as you would expect Loki to react to people as soon as he as soon as he arrives at his new location, but then uh, then takes a left turn when all of a sudden these time police folks come up and and apprehend him. Uh, it's fun the way they apprehend him is funny. I thought it was well done, and then the whole rest of the episode is essentially him getting to know how this whole time um, police situation works uh, and. There's so much of it that's interesting. I, I want to talk um, at some point. I mean, we can we'll continue going first, but at some point, I do want us to remember to mention the cartoon that's in here when they explain things through a cartoon, which I thought was yeah, <laughs> like goes back to like the '50s, like duck cover <coughs> videos. Yes, exactly, and that's it harkens <laughs> back to those in the same way that in Jurassic Park they have the little DNA, Mr. DNA, that, that is of the same, uh, the, the look, the feel of it, it's the exact same. It's like they both came from the same. Uh, they both stole them from, from Mr. Clippy or Clippy or whatever. Right, right. Was. Exactly. <laughs> but it ties all three of them together, which is fun and to, to sort of have a character that sort of ties in real world, uh, silly uh, science, uh, education that they did back in the day with Jurassic Park, with the Marvel Universe, and that I, I love that uh, where they all meet each other in some sort of fashion or plant, paying homage to each other. 
but uh, yeah, I loved him and I loved that it is a, a very great tool. And I'm sure somebody in the writer's meeting or whatever said, oh, you remember the Mr. DNA? We've got a lot of stuff to explain. Maybe we should have like that character, a, a character like that come on and explain things because it's an easy way to do it. And you can cover a lot of ground without it seeming uh, well, and, and they have too to much exposition for people or anything. So yeah, and, and, and they have to do it so, somewhat quick. I mean, they only have six episodes for the, the whole right. storyline. They can't spend, you know, an entire episode or episode and a half giving you some kind of a, a backstory history. They need right. to do it as quick as they can so they can get on with their story. Right, right. Well, and I, for the first time, I mean, I, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this before. I don't think I have. Uh, I finally, I'd always thought this in my head, and I think I'd mentioned in previous podcasts uh, of my thinking of this, but I heard it from Kevin Foggy now in in person that, that uh, well, I wasn't in person. Yeah, I was I was talking to Kevin, and no. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I read that he had an interview that he had conducted. I was wondering about that. Yeah. No, but, but he, uh, but hearing it from, from him, it was, it was good because he said that all these series, are essentially going to be they've decided what the time frame should be of the series how long they they between the budget that they have the amount of time they want to spend every when he looks at everything he says he says between like four and five hours is the magic time that they're going to have for these series and so he says and he doesn't care if it's like WandaVision where you have nine episodes because they're each like a half hour long-ish or or you have um, six episodes as in the case of um, Winter Soldier and uh, Loki. But that's, if you look at the time that these episodes are on and you clip off all the um, credits, they end up being about the same identical amount of time that each one of these series has been and the future series are going to be the same. So you're right. They have a limited time frame. You've as a, as a producer, as a writer, as a whatever you go, okay, I've got between four and five hours to get this out. And so I'm going to have to, tr what am I need to truncate? What can I expand? What do I want to spend my time on? And uh, I think using that, uh, cartoon character was a great way to to get a lot of information to us in a quick way in a fun way I, you know and, and i think these uh, these marvel uh disney plus shows have some of the longest credits I've seen yeah for, yes. i mean they just go on and on and on and <laughs> like 10 10 or 20 percent of the episode is just the end credits yeah yes which I'm fine with because i just don't you're not going to watch it the problem is with the end credits is that historically marvel has used that time to add an additional scene or something and so people might feel like oh i need to watch all the end credits i don't even bother and i'm just like if online i see oh there was a an after credit scene then i'll go back and and look for that or whatever um the other thing is they i hope they never do and i can't remember if they've done this a true end credit scene where it goes after all the credits it comes up usually they do a mid credit scene where they show a few credits and then you have the scene and then you finish off the credits i mean because like you say seven minutes of credits is a lot of credits to sit through so but it shows what the production value on these shows are to be able to have all those people involved in it right that's a lot of money on the table anyway uh 
Bob, what are, what um, in this episode, you know, anything else, what else, what else stood out to you or what else was, I don't know, interesting? Like I said, I, I actually enjoyed it, which surprised me because I thought it was going to be more the Asgard thing. Um, okay. I also did. No, when, when I suggest to you, Bob, what interesting thing in the episode was there? It's not the interesting thing was that I found it interesting. That that, that does not qualify. I, mean, I, I found it interesting because of something that wasn't in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just need space. <laughs> the negative space in this episode was quite magnificent. Yes. Anyway. What was interesting about this episode, just that whole timeline thing. They yeah. took the like like Jim said when he started. It was totally different than what you expected. It was like, you you thought it was going to be more like Thor, but it totally went off in a totally different direction. And the whole, like, the fact that they control the timeline. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. I really liked um, uh, Mobius, that character. Yes. Uh, did I say his name right? Yeah, that. Yeah, he um, did. Yeah, Mobius is, is played by what's Owen. Um, Owen Wilson, yeah. Thank you. There was another thing in the credits that, I thought I saw that Hiddleston was a producer. Was that true? Oh yeah, I would. I would assume so. Producer, or, or usually all these actors that they have for these, one of their stipulations is, uh, well, if, if you're going to create something all about my character, I want to be one of the producers or executive producers. I want to have a little bit of control and say into what happens, um, because they, you know, you don't want to take a character that you've created and have them do something to it that negatively uh, impacts it or you think isn't true to what, what's gone before. And the only way you can do that is by giving yourself enough power to be at the table, not just be the actor that does whatever they ask you to do, right? So, yeah. Which is kind of strange because it's, you know, basically they're hired to play a character that Marvel has created and stuff and then to say, no, 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 I don't want them to do that. And it's like, you're you're getting paid to do this it's like you're acting you act the scenes that you know but I, I definitely you know they can have some input but i don't think they should be able to really drive right right what, what no but i and i have a feeling i mean you, it tends to be actors not just in the marvel universe but anywhere yeah, yeah eventually when they get enough power that the series is built around you i'm sure Tom Cruise is probably a bad example because he probably had a lot of power even in the first Mission Impossible. But the power he had by the third Mission Impossible was probably a lot stronger than he had on the first Mission Impossible. I mean, it gets tighter and tighter and they give you more and more power. And part of the reason they do that is because they don't want to give you more and more money. They go, well, this is the amount of money we can give you. We can't give you any more than that, but we can give you more power. We can put you you know, in charge of this, that, and the next thing. Um, and so that Historically, that's what you do with actors. Now, in the in, in some films, Mission Impossible is a good example. He might look at it and go, "Okay, no, this is not going the right way. This is not true to the character, true to the to the film franchise, and I want to keep the franchise going. So we need to to change this or that or the next thing." With these films, being as Kevin Foggy's looking over them and. And I, I really think that the actors get that kind of power, but they probably don't use it. They probably are just like, no, that sounds great. No, that sounds good. You know, I can't, I can't see you sitting at the table and going, I have a lot of issues with this. It's, I think it's, inter I, I can see you sit at the table and go, oh my gosh, it goes in the, on the left field from the first scene on. And I love it. It's really interesting. 
right? As an actor, I, it would yeah, be much more interesting to play this than if you did it like Bob was saying, like a Thor film where he's just like, well, if, if you look at the first, what, three minutes of this episode, if he was to play it that way throughout, it would be incredibly boring of him. I am the God of thunder, you know, whatever. And I've come to take over your, your people and whatever all that piece is. That's a one note character, but immediately they, they take him off balance, which is what you have to do with Loki to make him interesting and get him trying to figure out how does he navigate this? He's always trying to weasel out of it or take control over what's going on, but they show him over and over again. You don't have control here. We do. And, uh, it just yeah. makes it interesting with the character. Jim, what what did what stood out? In oh, the- I was just gonna say, I think a lot of times the actors too, they they just want a a producer credit that maybe they're not really doing much, you know. But they right. just oh, I want a producer credit. That's, I was trying, yeah, sorry, trying to verify that. I I should go back and look at the end credits. I could have sworn he was the producer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hope that's not wrong. But there's multiple producers on most things, and certainly oh, tons of them typically, yeah. Right. And they're usually called co-producers, what they usually get the actor to or executive. Yeah, associate producer. producers, producers, executive producers, yeah. and just tons, tons of different ones that they do. And and I think I, some of those things, I mean, I, I think could probably be, you know, actors and actresses that want to get more involved with the behind the scenes. But, you know, rather, rather than just, you know, showing up, doing their lines and doing the acting part, you know, they want to get more and find out more and be more involved with with the whole production of the the movie and, and, and those steps, you know. So you have somebody like Jonathan Frakes or whatever that, that, you know, was on the show, but now, you know, he probably, you know, did some stuff and was helping and learned a bunch of stuff. And then they, they kind of, go into that area so you, you, you see actors that you know they know their careers are not going to last forever but they can always do stuff on the back end even if they're not you know the star of some show correct the smart actor that's what they do because they realize boy their, their shelf life is not long and uh but as a as a director producer whatever their shelf life is a lot longer um frakes is a great example because i don't know if you know the backstory of frakes but um, he from I, I think from season one was saying that he wanted to direct and they put all kinds of obstacles in his way of well you have to do this you have to take this training and, we, and you got to go do this and they, they essentially they put a bunch of hoops in front of them they were hoping he wouldn't jump through that he would just kind of go okay I'll just act but he jumped through every hoop they gave him and so by season three-ish or something they pretty much had to go, okay, fine. We'll, we'll give you an episode. And then he did a good job on that episode um, because he probably put, you know, if, you, if you're an outside director coming in, you put X amount of time into, because next week you've got a different series you're going to do or whatever. And you're already established. If you're a new director, I would think that this becomes your baby. This one episode becomes all time consuming. You probably put in three times as much time as, as the normal director would put into to working on it. And so you create a above par episode and then they started using it more and more. And then uh, he was able to parlay that and did f- directing the movies, some of the movies and uh, he created a directing career for himself. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess if you look at it, it's just like, like any other, you know, normal job that people have, you know, so their job was acting in, this movie you know so it's like they're some accounting person or something like that now well 
if if the actor doesn't do anything more, they're just going to continue to do that acting job in other other instances. It's not like they can get a promotion and do more of the acting or you know right. th those kind of things. It's still just doing the acting job like it would be doing the accounting job, but the, yes. the accounting person can you know become the supervisor in accounting and then they can become a financial director right. and right. CFO and all all these things that have more more things that they can do the more you know running the business and doing those kinds of things so i guess that's kind of a way for them to get that progression where they can do more because you can't you you can't be well you did so well last season uh, mr frakes we're going to let you besides playing Riker. Uh, we're also going to let you play Data this next season, and next by the season after that, you might also be uh, play LaForge. I think we might expand you, and it just yeah. doesn't work that way. So, so the only way you can really expand is either your part becomes bigger, a la Fonzie was supposed to be a background character more or less on Happy Days, and kind of slowly took over the show. Um, same thing with Spock, where he was not supposed to be uh, such a major player, but. Uh, the audience loved him and so they had to start featuring him more and more or you, you get behind the scenes things that you do bob shatner didn't like that i guess yeah shatner had some issues with it especially that first season or so um but then he got more used to it towards the second season at least that's his telling of it and and nimoy's as well um that they became friends over time but 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 back to this episode, yeah. So this, I, I think it's it's going in a good direction. I I know trying trying to get back onto the subject. Back to this. What what are we? Oh, this is Loki. Oh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so back to Loki. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> no, yeah. So I I, I think it's it's going to be a, an interesting ride. Uh, I'm I'm so looking too. forward to see how it how it ends. Well, the, like so many of these series at this point we're three episodes in both both the other ones were like okay this could be really interesting or this could be a great crash and burn that just falls apart both other times they pulled it together so i have a strong feeling that this third time they're going to pull it together but it certainly at this point feels a little all over the map and like who knows where it's going to go and where it's going to end up but that's kind of what you want right is is Loki, that's what you get. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to telecast what the end's going to be. You sort of want it to be where you, you're not exactly sure what's going to happen. And that's where they've got us. So we'll see. I mean, I'm still interested in three episodes in. Um, the, and I will say this, and not, without giving away much, each episode is interesting. The second one and the first one sort of makes sense together. The third one's kind of becomes this anomaly of an episode that's really interesting too so you got things to look forward to let me put it that way um but and uh let's go back to bob uh, anything else with this episode that, that stood out to you or the characters or anything i mean it sounds like you covered most of it i loved the every time he'd try and do something and they'd press a button and he'd flip <laughs> back like 10 seconds or whatever and then be like <laughs> and then he'd try it again he'd try like three or four times and realize oh this isn't working well if you control time you can do that yeah, exactly. And then he got a hold of the hold of it, and he has that one guard. That he, I think the one that's the one that arrested him. And he, I don't think he likes her, and he's like he's sending her back through the loop over and over. Yes, and that was hilarious. That was a great. That was one of my favorite scenes in the episode. Is torturing her, 
how do you, you like that create a headache or something where you're going to snap back snap back snap back. he wouldn't like, let her finish a word i think at one point she says a sentence and then it becomes two words from the sentence and there's one word over and over and over again or part of the word that she'd say but yeah but jim you had something well i was just saying you know it's kind of like he was showing us well how do you like that when somebody does this to you yes kind of yep yep getting back at her and i love how it's a little uh it almost feels like a dial that he's turning with his finger. And so at one point he just takes it and goes, woof, 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 woof. And she's like, ah, it was great. It was great. I loved it. So, uh, yeah, it, it, solid first episode, very surprising, very different. Um, and I, Hilston did a, a great job acting because you got to say, oh, this is the same character. I mean, at the beginning, he's sort of the, uh, we know, and another piece that makes this difficult. I think for the actor is so we've, we've seen Loki in multiple films and the characters has progressed and become more um, civil protective to his brother, more um, just less dark, but this is not the Loki we're given at this point, because this is the Loki from the original Avengers movie is where he finds the Tesseract and goes back in time. His, uh, version of himself that where we left off in the progression is dead. He died uh, in in the beginning, very beginning of um, Infinity, no, uh, Infinity War, right? And so we have we have a Loki that is not fully progressed to where we've seen him, and so the actor has to kind of pop back and go, oh, this is Loki. That's the whole I, you know, take over the world. I'm taking over the world and nothing else matters and all that puny humans, whatever he's going to do. Right. And so, so he uh, is, is that, but then when they, when they take him and he loses control and the, the time folks, cops deal with him, he's then got to switch gears and go, okay, so now I'm, I'm a Loki on my, on my heels here, not in control. And I need to deal with that in the way that this version of Loki would, but I also need to kind of tie him in to make him friendly and appealing like the later version of Loki was. And so he does, he does a great job of threading that needle throughout. Um, Cause watching a, just a, I don't know, an angry evil Loki would not be that interesting watching a, mischievous Loki that's trying to turn things his way and can't do it, I think is the most interesting Loki that we can run into. So anyway, um, anything else, anybody? We good? I don't know. Hey, we're good. We're good. We're good. So uh, enjoy Loki. If you haven't seen the first episode, well, shame on you. You should have listened to it, be watched it before you watch this. Uh, if you have seen the first one, watch the second one. It's interesting. And uh, We'll continue to cover Loki and uh, all of our other shows. So enjoy. <laughs>